Hello, everyone. My name is Nick Sapola. I am the host of Nick's World of Sports. And uh, if you're new, thank you for joining. If you're an old viewer who's been there since day one or has been along the ride for a while, I want to say thank you for your continuous support as this past week has been huge for content, especially with the MLB winter meetings just concluding last night. It's been awesome to cover that stuff. And as someone who's brand new to this, I really take pride in that. So I want to thank my viewers and my listeners for the constant support you give me. However, I said some things in my most recent episode that I would like to make a statement on and issue an apology to. So my last episode, episode 35, was titled, Brittany Griner gets traded for an arms dealer plus Xander Bogarts goes to the Padres. I'm here to apologize about the half hour I spent on that episode ranting about the Brittany Griner release. Although after some further research and my background as a political science minor who'd also majored in journalism and communication in college, I did make some statements that were libelous and disgusting that I look back on it and I do not think positively of. I went back and listened to the episode after some people reached out to me and said that the comments I made were just straight up disgusting and negative and I faced a lot of backlash from it. I'm someone who prides himself on making sports content, sports podcasts that have no political BS. The mission statement of this podcast is no politics, no agendas, no scripts, no BS. And with this episode that just came out, I feel like I let you guys down because I put some of my political bias out there. I still feel certain ways about certain things obviously i do feel that Brittany griner was treated unfairly over there in russia because they sent her to a work camp and no one deserves to be in those especially uh, the marine mr whalen that is over there i feel terrible for him too he's been there for four years Brittany griner's been there for 290 something days where again doesn't matter still terrible that someone's been over there um, i feel sorry for those that listened and were extremely offended by it i will do my best in the future not to be as insensitive. I regret those statements. My parents raised me better. I came from a background where I was taught not to put stuff like that out on the internet and out on the airwaves. And unfortunately, I made that decision to do that this morning. And I hope the few of you that do turn, tune back in, I hope you forgive me. America is the land of second chances and opportunity, a new start, a clean slate where the American dream lives. Someone like Brittany Griner is always going to get a second chance in this land, no matter how negative she has spoken on this country in the past, and myself too included in that statement, no matter how negatively I've said things about certain people, I am going to issue some comments saying I'm sorry about it, and I hope for a second chance and to wipe the slate clean. I'm only 22 years old, and I've made plenty of mistakes in my life. Hundreds of mistakes. And no one is perfect. I may make another mistake again in the future. And I'm not trying to sound like a douche saying that. I do, however, feel a lot of guilt for what I said. And I hope that no one thinks of me negatively because of that. I do care about the image of this podcast because I don't want any negative press like that. Again, the mission statement of this podcast is no political bias, 
no agendas, no scripts, no BS. And I feel like I let a lot of people down say with those statements. If Brittany Griner's family heard this or Brittany herself, they would probably sue my ass for defamation. And they would bring a lot of negative attention to me. And at the end of the day, she is a human being. She does have a family like I do. She does have a wife. And if they heard the comments I said, they would be appalled and disgusted. I do want to apologize for that again. Although the charges he was arrested for in Russia, after further research, I might have stated this earlier, and I'm probably getting repetitive, but it is still a crime that our vice president of our United States put thousands of people in California away for without even letting them out now, now that weed is legal in California. And it's still a crime a lot of people all over the place are being put away for. They're being put away for on petty weed charges where some states it's legal, some states it's not, and there's a harsh punishment for it, and you get sentenced to years in prison. It's unfair that she was sentenced to go be in a work camp and tortured over in Russia. I do feel that it is unfair for some people where they won't get the attention, and Brittany Griner will including some of our armed forces that are overseas protecting our free rights to speech and our first, second, third, fourth, fifth, however many, 26 amendments. I am remorseful. I am regretful. And I am truly, truly sorry for what I said about Brittany Griner. I understand if some of you never want to tune back in to this podcast as you feel as some things I've said have been irredeemable I also understand if you don't ever want to be associated with me again I understand it to those who are going to forgive me and are going to hear my message out I know some of the things I said were disgusting some of the things I may have said have been some of the worst things you've ever heard come out of a human's mouth But I truly, truly hope we can move on from this and enjoy more good times and more good vibes on this sports podcast. I do feel negatively about our president currently trading away a dangerous criminal for Brittany Griner and not getting more out of it, obviously. And I am going to be remorseful for, not remorseful, but fighting for those who fight for us as I am someone who has had family members and friends have family members killed in war i've had family members that have fought in wars and fought for our freedoms and i bet a lot of people out there have had them too even those who are preaching negative messages i just feel a certain way about our country our troops the things that Brittany griner has said about this country have appalled me in the past but again everyone has a chance for redemption everyone does The guy that we traded away is a dangerous criminal. A lot of people just saw the name and don't know who it was. He's been dubbed the Merchant of Death. He is an arms dealer, and uh, he's going to go back to Russia in exchange for Brittany Griner. I do feel negatively about giving that guy back, and we still have a lot of people who have fought for our country stuck in Russia and a lot of other people who have had similar struggles to Brittany Griner just our government has turned a blind eye to them regardless though Brittany Griner is a human being I do want to apologize to her 
her family, anyone I may have affected on this, and the viewers. I am going to not, I don't really have anyone to feel sorry for but myself for making those statements. I hope that this is something that we could just move on from. I'm going to learn from my mistakes, and I hope that you, the viewer, will forgive me. Anyways, with all that being said, I do want to go out there and say that this episode is going to replace episode 35 of my podcast. I'm going to leave you with the Xander Bogarts clip, the little part where I talk about Xander Bogarts, Jason Hayward signing with the Dodgers, and more, including NBA scores. I'm going to leave you all with that. I'm going to spend the rest of this day focusing on doing the right research. I'm still going to be going on to the Statesman's podcast today to discuss my cross-country team's success. I promise from here on out I'm going to leave political stuff to politicians and the networks like Fox News, CNN, NBC, ABC, all the stuff that covers it, including Newsmax and One American News, stuff like that. I'm not someone who should be speaking on it on a sports podcast, no matter how I feel about it. I hope you enjoy the rest of this episode, and I hope to hear from you all as viewers in the future. Former Red Sox shortstop Xander Bogarts is signing with the San Diego Padres. 11 years, $280 million. They had a bunch of dough that they offered to uh, a guy named Judge who didn't take it. The 30-year-old four-time All-Star won a couple of World Series titles with the Red Sox during the 10 years he spent in Boston. This <sighs> what a day. What a day yesterday was. What a freaking day. Xander Bogarts is no longer a Boston Red Sox. Kind of surprising, right? Right? Xander Bogarts has been someone the Red Sox needed to resign. That has been their cornerstone piece of the franchise, him and Raffy Devers, especially since the team decided to move on from Mookie Betts. Took me a second to remember if it was Mookie. or I just wanted to make sure it was Mookie I was talking about, but... Mookie Betts is gone. J.D. Martinez is most likely gone. Avaldi's still a free agent. Someone's got to pick Nathan Avaldi up. He throws 100 miles an hour. They're saying not MLB Network. But it's a damn shame that Hein Bloom, who has notoriously been cheap as his tenure has gone on, and he was someone from Tampa who's been on shoestring budgets. He's putting the Red Sox on shoestring budgets. People forget, too, the Red Sox are a very valuable franchise. They're one of the most valuable franchises in all of baseball. Go back and watch, uh, if you haven't yet, watch the ESPN 30 for 30 short on the A-Rod deal. They talked about how much money they had. I knew it was a lot of money. They didn't want to pay luxury taxes and stuff like that. But the Boston Red Sox have a lot of money. Don't be fooled. Plus, not going after Xander Bogarts seems like, you know, they're waving the white flag. This is it. It's over. The Boston Red Sox are not going to be competitive this year. I know they went and got Senga, not Senga, excuse me, uh, Yoshida, and he's going to be exciting. I know they just paid Kenley Jansen way too much money, but I don't expect the Sox to be anywhere near competitive. 
They're going to have a team of Chris Sale and Rafi Devers. If Chris Sale could stay healthy, I hope he does. He's the only Red Sox I really care for because he's a Florida Gulf Coast guy. Shout out to Fort Myers, Florida, my other home away from home. But it just sucks to hear that the Sox missed out on their franchise player. But there's a little bit of a silver lining. There's a little bit of a silver lining, Red Sox fans, and I do want to mention it. You have Marcelo Meyer or Mayer in your system. Marcelo Mayer is one of the top ten prospects in all of baseball, and he plays shortstop. And he plays shortstop. Xander's a great shortstop, don't get me wrong, and I know the Padres know that they're not going to be able to move Xander off short. But they had it's weird though, the Padres, their move. It's a little puzzling to me defensively because you have a first baseman on the roster. Or had one, you declined his team option. Will Myers was a first baseman. Not by trade, but he played first, and he's a solid defender there. You had Luke Voigt, but you had to trade him because Eric Hosmer was bitchy and didn't want to be traded. And you had Eric Hosmer. Now, the problem is, Jake Cronenworth's going to play first? I don't think Jake Cronenworth's a first baseman by trade. He's an awesome defender. Just he's a similar to a D, he's like a poor man's DJ LeMahieu, but it, I don't think he's gonna be a long term option at first. Now where are you gonna put Tatis? I know you're gonna move Hassan Kim to second, and I think he's a dynamite shortstop defensively. He's the perfect defensive first stopgap kind of short kind of shortstop. Xander can play short, and Xander is a shortstop. He's a better defender than Tatis. I don't think he's elite at defensive shortstop, but he's a good defender. And he's definitely going to give you solid defense of what you need. Third base got Machado. That's an all-world third baseman. But Machado's also a shortstop as well. Not by trade, but he's capable of playing shortstop. He played shortstop for the Dodgers one year in the World Series. I remember that when they played Boston. Yeah, a great center fielder in Trent Grisham. What are you going to do? Move Profar off left and put Tatis in center? Maybe. Put Tatis in the corner. Put him in left. Put him... You can't necessarily put him in right when Juan Soto's there. Juan Soto, people forget, is a left fielder by trade, so you could do Soto in left and Tatis in right. But it, I guess time will tell all. A.J. Preller is still not learning somewhat of a lesson he had to learn back in, I think it was 2015 or 2016, whatever it was, when he won that Paper World Series where he bought, where he paid Will Myers, he paid Matt Kemp, he paid all these free agents, and they busted as Padres. They have a lot of free agents, too, coming up. You have Machado that could opt out next year. Snell's a free agent, and you traded futures for Snell. You have another piece. I think it's uh, Darvish is a free agent next year, too, and you, Darvish, was your game one starter this year. He was the – him and Musgrove were the aces of that staff, like ace 1A and ace 1B. It's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. I know Darvish is 35. He's getting up there in age, but he's still going to be very valuable, very crafty. He reminds me a lot of a Zach Granke type where he'll age pretty well, at least because he's just crafty and he's got a lot of stuff he can beat you with, not necessarily velocity, but spins and changing velocities. It'll be a lot to deal with. I just under, don't understand A.J. Preller's spending on a shortstop. And not just any shortstop, a 30-year-old shortstop who, guess what? He's going to be 41 at the end of this deal. Full no-trade clause, no opt-outs, 11 years, $280 million. 
comes out to I think it's twenty five point four million per year, and uh, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. You're now dedicating. I think it's almost a billion dollars to three shortstops, if you count Machado as a shortstop. And I know another thing, too, that's always said, and I kind of agree with it, a shortstop is someone that is the most versatile and athletic player on the field. And if I could fill an entire team with one position on the field and put nine guys there, it would be all shortstops. And you know what? I agree. Because a shortstop is versatile. He he is the captain of the infield. He's athletic normally. He's got a great arm. He probably was at some point a pitcher in high school. The only position he might be a little worrisome at is catcher if he doesn't know how to play the catcher position or never was exposed to it. But a shortstop is someone that could play anywhere on the diamond at the end of the day. And you know what? Maybe he's on to something, Heimbloom. Not Heimbloom. uh, Shit, Preller. A.J. Preller. Maybe he's on to something. Bloom is not on to something. I don't think there's any type of forgiveness now or spending that really could help the Red Sox, you know, be that team or be able to forgive Bloom, at least the fan base. I personally want to extend a, uh, a wellness check out for Jared Carabas. He looked like uh, Jotaro from that one episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure where he has like seven cigarettes in his mouth. And uh, he was doing that last night. He was chain smoking on Twitter. With all those cigs in his mouth, I wanted to make sure you know. I know he's a uh, bit of a anti-Yankee guy, which I don't have an issue with. But you know, I, I feel bad. No, I probably would have been on wellness check watch if I uh, saw Judge signed with the Giants or the Padres. Definitely the Dodgers, I would have been. But I mean, I would have been like, oh damn! I would have been sitting in a shower crying like I was during. Uh, Game four of the ALDS, or ALCS, excuse me, when the Yankees lost, I sat in the shower with my Stanton jersey on all upset. But it is what it is at the end of the day. I think now this leaves the shortstop market and the Correa market, it's going to affect it drastically. Same with Swanson. Like, think about it now. Xander Bogarts, I had Bogarts as my eighth best player available, and he was my, let's see, my fourth best shortstop out of the four. Trey Turner was a clear and obvious number one for me. Carlos Correa was second, and Dansby Swanson was third, who I think is a slightly bit better than Xander, just because Dansby offers a little bit more defensively for me. And Xander, and uh, Dansby's kind of that head-down kind of thing, head-down and work-hard kind of guy. He's a uh, hard worker. New tweet from Jack Curry. The Yankees tried to acquire Rodon before the trade deadline, but the talks of the Giants never gained much traction, so they've had an interest in him for a while. In addition to his talent and swing and miss stuff, Yankees like his toughness. They see him as a great fit in the New York market. I mean, there's a lot of stuff coming out now about Rodon. Mark DeRosa uh, recently said that he would sign for six years and $170 million with the Yankees. Uh, might have been a bad source that I have, but they said the Yankees offered six for 180 When I had the Yankees, he's getting him for four and 110 uh, we now have more tweets for Buster only about Rafi Devers and the future of the Sox. Meanwhile, Rafi Devers' leverage in his contract talks to the Red Sox just went off the charts. As with Judge and the Yankees, the team needs the player now more than the player needs the team. The Red Sox will have to track on a bet-slash-Bogart tax to their offer. Uh, it's a sad day to be a Red Sox fan. 
another tweet that I saw last night that I want to mention too. This is more Heim Bloom slander because I can't stand the guy. And as a Yankees fan, I'm happy to see him be in the front office because he's making stupid mistakes that I can laugh at. But as a baseball fan, I hate this man in being in a big market team. If he was some, with someone like the uh, the Rays still or he was with an Oakland or another small market team kind of or a team that doesn't have money to spend, I'd be, you know what, okay, okay, Heim Bloom, I like it. But no. You just let his franchise piece walk that you apparently were in intense talks with and you offered nowhere near what he wanted. Heim Bloom inherited 27-year-old Mookie, 27-year-old Bogarts, 25-year-old Benintendi, and 23-year-old Devers and has turned them into... Alex Verdugo, Jeter Downs, Connor Wong, Franchi Cordero, Josh Wyszykowski, Grant Gambrell... Luis de, Rosa, de la Rosa and Freddy Valdez. Devers still here, but not extended. Congratulations, Boston Red Sox fans. You have won nothing. Yippee-ki-yay. You are now destined to mediocrity for the next five to ten years. Behind this door is your honorary Bloom casket. Please put Bloom in there once he is chucked into the river. I came up with that off the top of my head. I don't know why I did that. That was stupid. <laughs> that was one of the stupidest things I've ever done on this podcast. But, uh, yeah. That is not a source that uh, I wanted to read about a baseball thing or anything. I'm not going to say that. But let's talk about my prediction for Xander. As I was, once again, some of these I've been right on the nail. A lot of these I've been way off. This one, way off. I had Xander Bogart signing with the Dodgers. Could she just fit a Dodgers type of player? I thought he was going to be a Dodger for six years at $157 million per or $157 million total. What is that per? I'm an idiot. I don't know how to do math like that. Buy that by six. So I was right about the average annual. I said 26.1, but god damn. I got to put that down in my notes that the actual is... Padres for 11 years and 280 M's. That, to me, I get paying someone until they're 40 or 39 or 38. You're paying a position player until he's 41 years old. That's a little mind-boggling to me, in my opinion. New tweet, uh, per Buster only, he just retweeted it from David Vassay. The Dodgers have signed Jason Hayward to a minor league deal. I guess it's cool to see Jay Hay still catching on with teams. He's a great defender. He never turned into that superstar that everyone thought he was going to be in Atlanta or St. Louis or Chicago. Sucks. He had one of the greatest motivational speeches of all time to give the Cubbies a World Series win, but Jason Hayward, is, who has recently been bought out by the Cubs, is now going to be in the minor leagues for the Dodgers with an invite to spring training with a chance to make the roster. Atlanta also acquires Joe Jimenez, former All-Star, and cash considerations from Detroit. I don't know what they sent over, but we'll talk about that later. Um, baseball stuff, we're expecting some big news. Um, what we're learning is that Rodon might be signing today. 
the Korea market seems to be heating up. It looks like the Dodgers, not Dodgers, the Giants are the front runners to get a Carlos Correa. We still have no word on the Chris Bassett market. We know that Noah Syndergaard has met with the Orioles, and it seems like they might get a deal done. Um, some other low-level pitchers have met with the Orioles, like Cole Hamels. I'm trying to find the tweets about it. Let me find my guy, that source. Just hang on one second here. Uh, Buster only is reporting that Conforto is on the target, or should be targeted by the Padres as well. I think that's not a bad fit at all, from my personal standpoint. The Orioles, Cubs, Giants, Twins, and Red Sox all have offers out on Correa. The Giants are feeling comfort, are feeling confidence on the Rodon and Correa front. The Giants have declared Correa as their number one priority and not Carlos Rodon, however. So I think that's a little... It just shows how much they care about the lineup and putting asses in seats. I'm trying to find this thing. The Orioles and Noah Syndergaard are in contract talks. They also plan to meet with Ross Stripling and Michael Waka tonight, too. Apparently, Ross Stripling's also on the Mets' radar, but we don't know. But it is what it is. A lot of sources now have uh, Hayward to the Dodgers. So congrats to Jay Hay, still kicking it, still having a shot to make a roster. Um, I think that's really it. We'll talk some basketball that's been going on, I guess, right now. If anyone's looking to hear some basketball. Before we jump into it, I just opened uh, my app. It says that uh, Dan Sn there's a new expose by Tisha Thompson of ESPN. that uh, A new expose on Dan Snyder allowing a toxic culture and the NFL aided some cover-ups. That's a big breaking story, and I know Snyder's looking to sell to get out of controversy, but this does not increase your franchise's value at this point. Uh, Caleb Williams was voted the AP Player of the Year, the quarterback for USC. Big congratulations to him. And uh, another big source of news, Marcus Mariota has been benched for Desmond Ritter. I'm a Marcus Mariota fan, so I don't know how I feel about that, but hey, let's see what happens. Also on ESPN's thing, they're talking about that whole Brittany Griner thing. If you want to hear my rant, please skip back to the beginning of the podcast if you didn't hear it. Fuck Brittany Griner. Um, where is it? Basketball. So today there's only three games on. We have Clippers and Heat. The Clippers are 14 and 12. The Heat are 11 and 14. The 7 and 17 Rockets will be taking on the Spurs, who are 6 and 18. And the Nuggets, who are 14 and 10, will be taking on the Trailblazers in Portland at 10 o'clock. Two ESPN, well, two NBA TV games, and I think Rockets and Spurs are just on their own local networks. Tonight, my picks are I'll take the Clippers over the Heat. I like that matchup for the Clippers to get back on track a bit. Rockets and Spurs, uh, give me those Spurs. They need a win. Uh, Nuggets and Blazers, I'll take the I'll take the Nuggets. I'll take the Nuggets here. I like Jokic, and I like what he's been doing. Uh, yesterday was a lot of exciting games. The Magic beat the Clippers in overtime in shocking faster. Two costly turnovers doomed the Clippers late. Paolo Bancaro scored 10 of his 23 points in overtime. Bancaro was 23 points on 5 of 13 shooting. 
Terrence Mann led the Clippers with 19 points on 7 of 10 shooting and 2 for 2 from the free throw line. Avika Zubak had 13 boards for the Clippers. Moritz Wagner had 13 for the Magic. And Nick Batum, who is still somehow in the league, had 5 assists yesterday leading the Clips. And Cole Anthony had 4 for the Magic. I want to see the box score a bit real quick, like the real box score. Full box. Let's see the full box score. Uh, the Clippers are still without Kawhi, which is a big loss for them. This is why they're struggling. Paul George did not have a great game last night. In 33 minutes, he only scored 11 points, 7 rebounds. He did have 5 assists and only 2 fouls, which is nice. For the Magic, Bancaro is starting to get his footing going. Mortz Wagner had 20 points. Bull Bull, who's been a nice surprise this year, had 20 points. Markel Fultz only had one bucket off the bench. Off the, uh, no, he started. What the fuck? I was going to say off the bench. Mo Bamba had eight points and four rebounds. Um, RJ Hampton still has not played. Luke Kennard did not play either because of right calf. Bull Bull, 34 minutes, 20 points, nine boards. Wow, it's pretty good. This Magic team... Although they're 6-20, has a lot of young talent on it, and I think they could be productive at some point down the road. The Nets beat up on the Hornets 122-116. Kyrie is back. Kyrie had a nice game. Beautiful, nifty moves that were all over social media. The uh, world's most interesting athlete had 33 points on 14-24 shooting. He was also 4-4 from the line. Kevin Durant was also there with him in leading and scoring with... 29 points on 12 of 19 shooting and 2 for 5 for 3 with 9 rebounds and 8 assists. A near triple-double for Kevin Durant. Uh, off the bench for the Nets, Seth Curry, the brother of Stephen Curry, had 20 points off the bench on 8 of 11 shooting and 3 for 6 from 3-point land. The most recent big news signing for the Nets, TJ uh, Warren, got 11 minutes off the bench, missed his only field goal attempt, had 2 assists and 2 fouls. No buckets. For the Hornets, no LaMelo ball again. The leading scorer was Terry Rozier. Scary Terry had 29 points on 13-24 shooting in 40 minutes of play. The world's most handsome basketball player, pause, Kelly Oubre, had 28 points in 41 minutes on 11-20 shooting, 3-7 for seven from 3-point land, 8 rebounds and a dime. Uh, McDaniels had... 19 points in the starting rotation as well with 8 of 14 shooting in 36 minutes for the Hornets, Jalen McDaniels. Um, and that's really it. They got no production from the bench. Their whole starting lineup was in double figures, including Miles Plumley, who had 13 points. Mason Plumley, excuse me. I always say Miles. What the fuck's wrong with me? I don't think Miles is even in the league anymore. It's definitely not starting. Um... Nets are 14-12. and 12. They look to bounce back after a rough year last year. I like the Nets team going forward. They did also ask uh, Kevin Durant how he felt about the judge signing, and he said, quote, I don't care. I am a Nationals fan. I talked about the Hawks and Knicks on my last episode. Please check it out. Knicks did pretty well last night. I'm very happy with their performances. Julius Randle had a man's game, and it's good to see Randle kind of be on the right track, although I still have not forgiven him for what he did last year. The Knicks are 12-13. and 13. The Hawks are 13-12. and 12. For the Knicks, scoring-wise, Randall had 34, Barrett had 15. I'm still expecting it Barrett to take the next step. Quentin Grimes had 23 in a starting role. Jalen Brunson only had 8 points. Really living up to that $25 million right there. 
Uh, Mitchell Robinson coming off a huge game, had eight points and ten boards. Off the bench, not much production from the Knicks. Cam Reddish, Derek Rose, and Evan Fournier did not play due to coach's decision. For the Hawks, uh, not a lot of great stuff going on. Their leading scorer was Trey Young with 19 points. Uh, Clint Capella had 11 boards and 13 points. Clint Capella is still a very good basketball player. Those are around, like, what do you expect? Onyeka Okongwu, who I think is going to be a stud, who they just have sitting on the bench. He's kind of like a bull-bull type. He needs to play. He needs somewhere to play. Onyeka Okongwu had 10 points and 6 boards in 24 minutes of play. Not much takeaways there. Wizards beat the Bull or lose to the Bulls in a close one by a 115-111 final. DeMar DeRozan scored 15 of his 27 in the fourth quarter. Vucevic had 25 points and 11 boards, and the Bulls beat up on the Wizards. Kristaps Porzingis surprisingly was the leading scorer for Washington at 28 points on 8 of 17 shooting. Also for the Wizards, Kyle Kuzma had 21, and there was no Bradley Beal due to a right hamstring strain. Moving on, a little bit more basketball, we have Thunder and Grizzlies. Thunder lose to the Grizzlies, no surprises there. Thunder, I believe, still without Ja. No, my bad. Ja Moran had a triple-double. I saw this yesterday, last night. What the hell is wrong with me? I wish I could cut that out, but I don't know how to. God damn it. But Ja has a triple-double and a win over the Thunder. Ja had his final stat line was... 26 points, 11 assists, 13 rebounds. Ja Morant keeps looking like the best player or one of the best guards in basketball and arguably the best player in basketball right now, or one of the best. Off the bench, uh, a couple of guys in double figures. We had Brandon Clark with 17 off the bench, and Santi Aldama, I'm definitely pronouncing that one wrong. I always botch his name. 14 points off the bench. For the Thunder, uh, Shea Gilders Alexander keeps playing really good ball. He had 26 points on very low percentage free throw, uh, sh- I should say just overall shooting, 4 of 14 from the field, but 26 points regardless, 1 for 4 from three-point land. Josh Giddy had 10 points also in the starting lineup. And uh, off the bench, Tarrant, uh, the other man, T-Man, Trey Man. I almost said Terrence Man because I saw T-Man. Trey Man had 12 off the bench for the Thunder. The Bucks beat up on the Kings. No surprises there. I'm not even barely going to cover that. Giannis had 35 points. DeMontis Sabonis for the Kings had 23. Uh, Harrison Barnes had 20. Darren Fox had 15. Um, on the bench for... Not the bench. On the uh, Bucks side, Giannis had 35. And Drew Holiday had 31. That led the way. Serge Ibaka's on the Bucks. Wow. Pacers and T-Wolves. The T-Wolves get a much-needed win over the Pacers to get back to 500. D'Angelo Russell scored 15 points in the fourth quarter. The leading scorer was D'Angelo Russell with 28. Buddy Heald for Indiana had 26 points. Buddy Heald is one of the best shooters in the league. He's a good shooter. I like Buddy Heald. Uh, Aaron Neesmith is on the Pacers. He had nine. uh, Former Vanderbilt product. I always mention him because uh, I... I don't know. Aaron Neesmith just sticks with me. He's memorable for some reason. Remember he was a top 10 pick? Yeah, me neither. Tyrese Halliburton is also someone on the Pacers now. I always forget he's on the Pacers now too. Halliburton had 26 points. He's averaging almost 20 a game. 
and he had 15 assists, a really nice double-double from Halliburton. Knicks, why didn't you draft this guy? I like Obi, but why the fuck did you draft this guy? Not draft this guy. Uh, Miles Turner had 23, someone that's always been involved in trade talks, Miles Turner. See, this is a good lineup, but they just got to get some depth here in Indiana. They need some other pieces. They need another piece. Aaron Neesmith cannot be starting. Uh, for the Timberwolves, Anthony Edwards had 26 points and 8 rebounds and 8 assists. D'Lo had 28 points. Rudy Gobert, who has been a little disappointing, in 31 minutes had 21 boards and 16 points. <laughs> Not that disappointing there. Look at that game from Rudy Gobert. Uh, the Pelicans beat up on the Pistons 104-90. Or not beat up. They win against the Pistons 104-98. The Pistons dropped to 7-20 and while the Pelicans jumped to 16-8. and Zion Williamson has 29 points and 10 rebounds in this one. Zion Williamson is continuing to impress people after not playing last year. He's averaging 23-7-4 on 59.6% shooting. Zion is very, very good at basketball. Uh, Trey Murphy the third had 20 points as well in the starting lineup. Jonas Valanciunas had a double double as well to match Zion's 29 and 10. He goes 14 and 12 off the bench. Naji, I think that's how you say it. Naji Marshall had 17 points. I like the Pelicans team. I think they're very underrated. I like to see the Pelicans do some damage out here in the West. Uh, for the Pistons, former Nick Kevin Knox. Off the bench gets three points. I'm going to laugh at that. Uh, Sadiq Bey had 25 points off the bench. 13 rebounds off the bench, too, from Jalen Duran. Um, what's his name? Hayes. Killian Hayes had 17 points, leading the scoring for the Pistons. Isaiah Stewart, who probably should be playing running back in the NBA, uh, NBA in the NFL, probably should also have gotten a chance to beat up LeBron James last year, had 10 points here in this one. And Jalen Ivey had 12 points and two assists. Oh, no, no assists, two rebounds. Weird. And Bagley the third, Marvin Bagley the third, did absolutely nothing in his time playing yesterday. The Jazz beat the Warriors in a nail-biter. They steal a huge win. Simone Fontateco or Fontecchio dunked with 1.4 seconds remaining off of Nikel Alexander Walker steal, and the Jazz beat the Golden State Warriors 124-123 in a matchup of shorthanded teams. No Stephen Curry in this one. For the Warriors, Jordan Poole had 36 points on 10 of 23 shooting. Klay Thompson had 22 points on 8 of 25 shooting, 4 of 11 from three-point land. And the cum bucket, Jonathan Kuminga, had 24 points off the bench in 30 minutes. James Wiseman played five, point, five minutes. This is the number two overall pick a few years ago. Dante G. Vincenzo gets a lot of minutes off the bench as well. Uh, the starting lineup does absolutely nothing. No Draymond as well. For the Jazz, the Olenek Clinic. Kelly Olenek had 15 points in the starting lineup playing power forward for the Utah Jazz. Jordan Clarkson got the start at today and he had 22 points in 37 minutes of play colin sexton had 17 points in the starting rotation michael beasley right michael beasley malik beasley excuse me i don't know why i said michael beasley my brain my brain every time i see m beasley goes right to michael beasley malik beasley 18 points in 34 minutes off the bench fontecchio had 18 points uh, nickel walker 
Alexander had a huge play, obviously, with the big steal towards the end of the game. He had seven, seven rebounds, four assists, and 11 boards in 29, or 11 points in 29 minutes of play. Finally, the Celtics beat up on the Suns. I don't know what's going on with the Suns right now. Tatum and Brown, that's been the winning combination for the 21-5 and Celtics, beating up on the 16-9 and Phoenix Suns. Chris Paul and Devin Booker did not have their A games. Chris Paul definitely did not have his A game in 24 minutes, only four points, four rebounds, four assists, and three personal fouls. Booker, this is a team he scored 70 against one year, only scored 17 points on 6-17 shooting and 1-6 for six for three. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, 25 points apiece in 29 to tw- and 28 minutes of play. I know my boy Jacob is very happy, and I know my other boy Gelman is definitely happy with this result. That's going to wrap it up for Sports Talk today. Um, hockey, is there any games? Hockey tonight, we have Predator Lightning, Kings Maple Leafs, Red Wings Panthers, Jets Blues, Senators and Stars. That is it for tonight. Today, however... We just had a quick episode. Uh, now that I'm going to get off, I already know that Carlos Rodon or Carlos Correa will sign somewhere. Um, yeah, I know I went on a rant on this episode. I had to take a minute to step away from the mic and cool down. And I apologize for all those who do not care about politics and and came here for non-politic sports, but... That had to be talked about. There's no avoiding that. There are certain topics where sports come into politics, and unfortunately, we have to talk about it. I got what I wanted to say off my chest, and I know I said I'd leave politics buried away in a casket. Now I've dug up the casket, unfortunately, but once again, I am digging that hole even deeper. This time, I'm putting cement on top of the casket, and there's no way in hell I'm going digging for it this time. That's too much work. Once again, everyone, I want to thank you for tuning in. I also want to give some special shout-outs. One of them to Smithtown Running Company, who I did mention earlier in this podcast, most likely. I think I threw that read in there. Make sure to go check them out. Great owners, great people, great place to buy some running shoes, some workout equipment, workout gear, all that good stuff. Make sure to also check out some other local stores. Support some small business businesses at this time. I know the holiday shopping is starting to pick up as the last-minute shoppers are starting to get closer and closer to realizing some things. Go check out a small store like that one. Go support some small businesses. Make sure you uh, keep supporting also small podcasts and creators. Don't be dick riding ESPN. Come support me at Nick's World of Sports where we keep it real. Thank you for tuning in. I will see you guys on the next episode. I'm expecting to do a uh, sports gambling episode. Not necessarily telling you to go gamble all your money, but I might give you some insider trading on some parlays for the weekend. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Make sure to tune in. I will be on the Statesman podcast today. I still haven't heard back from my guy from the Statesman. I'm waiting to hear back. I've been waiting on this email all day. And uh, hopefully it uh, they come through. They slide for me. I'm waiting to get an email about this Zoom link, and I haven't gotten it. Uh, my boy Mike, if you're listening, I'm waiting. I haven't even gotten an Instagram DM. Nothing. What the fuck, dude? I thought this was... He hasn't even opened my message. My message. Wow. All right. Maybe he found someone else. I guess that's on me then, everyone. That is on me. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure you uh, follow us on all the platforms. Follow us on social media. Instagram is Nick's World of Sports. TikTok, Nick's World of Sports. My personal Twitter is at Nick underscore Sapola. 
My personal Instagram is Nick underscore Cipolla. We're going to be hearing a lot more about some players. I'm going to be in a studio just watching baseball content all day. Also getting ready for some uh, talk some more basketball, and I'll get my sports betting guy ready. Make sure to tune in. Thank you for tuning in. As always, everyone, I will see you next time.